Hot Whiskey Trail podcast. This podcast is best enjoyed, responsibly of course, with a dram, the traditional measure of scotch. Our shows can be found at www.maltwhiskeytrail.com where you can also plan your trip to the world's first malt whiskey trail. Now, let's get into the show. Slanchava! This week, we join award-winning author Alexander McCall-Smith for a special Book Week Scotland event where he touches upon the impact of Covid on his writing, the connection between whiskey and literature, and provides us with a reading of a whiskey poem. Alexander, warmest of welcomes. And Thank you very much yeah. indeed, Sasha. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's a great pleasure to be here. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, we're sorry not to have you in person, but it's amazing to, you know, the wonders of Zoom. Well, I'm sitting here in Edinburgh thinking of you uh, up there, and uh, you very kindly sent me uh, a little um, bottle of uh, uh, the Glenlivet and uh, a quick to, to go with it. So uh, uh, I'm well provided for. It's almost as good as being up at the distillery itself. And I hope I'll be able to get up there before too long. For, for someone who's so into kind of the outdoors and watching landscape change and travel in different countries and, and you say that setting the scene, experiencing different scenes, how has lockdown been for you, confined to one <laughs> place or in one city? How well, you- I, I haven't found it too bad because when lockdown started, I happened to be reading um, a book about monasticism. I was reading a book about uh, a Benedictine monastery and, and the, the abbot of this monastery had written about um, what monasticism was about. And he talked about how our lives have become so busy and that uh, we really need some refuge from the busyness of our lives. And uh, he then goes on to write about uh, seclusion and solitude and what seclusion and solitude can, can give to you. And a lot of this was really chiming with me because my life has been somewhat busy. I've had to do a lot of traveling, go to a lot of literary festivals, um, book tours all over the world. And uh, I think that I was rushing about far too much. I think many people discovered this when um, our circumstances changed uh, in early 2020. And uh, I thought um, that I needed to slow down, and so I did. And we all, of course, had a compulsory slowdown at that stage. And of course, I'm not um, ignoring um, all the, the pain that this situation brought to so many people. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it did, uh, I suppose, show uh, people that our way of life um, uh, before this might not have been entirely sustainable psychologically or indeed environmentally. And so I, I was uh, ready for that period of, of quiet that, uh, that followed. Um, that to me was really quite, um, quite a positive, positive thing. I read more. I was able to write more. Um, there were many respects in which um, my life um, uh, became better as mm-hmm. a result of not being excessively busy. And did, did you find you were more productive in like, just having the more time to work on writing or did you find after a month of being productive? Because I feel like there was, such, there was such anticipation to do things and get things done. And even though the world had come to a halt, we all had to keep going. Did you find that or were you like, no, I'll take a step back? Well, I I did take a bit of a step 
back, but I, I wrote more than um, ever before. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm still doing that. Uh, so I've written quite a number of books this year during this, this period. And uh, it, uh, uh, it changed. It changed my working, my working day. Um, but uh, it, it gave me space. And I think, uh, I think a lot of people discovered that, that space within themselves. Even just working from home. I think that people who were used to going to the office every morning at nine o'clock and staying there until five or six or whatever it was, actually found that they could do more at home. I spoke to so many people who said, this is no problem for me. I'm actually doing much more at, uh, at home than I do at the, the office. So I, I think all of us actually really experience quite a, a major, uh, major change in, in that respect. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's yeah, such a lovely sentiment, or at least to take, take something positive from sort of the past couple of months. Um, but I'm aware that lots of whiskey watchers will be watching, and we haven't barely touched upon whiskey. Um, <laughs> so, firstly, are you a whiskey fan? Well, yes, I I, I um, uh, am uh, very much in in, in favour of, of of whiskey in moderation, of course. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think it's a it's a very interesting subject. Um, uh, one of my oldest friends. Uh, and indeed, a uh, previous collaborator is Charlie McLean, uh, who's um, one of the best-known whiskey writers. Uh, Charlie has devoted his life to supporting the um, whiskey industry in Scotland and, and explaining it to, to people, and lecturing about it all over the world. And uh, so most of the what I know about the subject, which isn't very much, I'm afraid, but most <laughs> of what I do know, uh, actually I've learned at Charlie's feet. And um, so I've been to quite a few nosings, many of the nosings that Charlie has carried out where he's, he's looked at, uh, at a whiskey and um, um, explained it to, to, to people. And that's really, really fascinating. Uh, I, I love the vocabulary of the, of, of the whiskey nosing. Uh, you know, of, with wine, people talk about a hint of blackberry and all the usual. Uh, and wine language can be a bit pretentious sometimes, <laughs> but not whiskey. Whiskey language is totally different and they're much more down to earth. So uh, Charlie will say things like, mm, this reminds me of wet straw. <laughs> <laughs> and that's perfectly all right because, or you taste the whiskey and say, yes, well, this is terribly similar to diesel oil or Whatever, whatever, whatever. I find it so precise. It's like it's not just straw; it's wet straw that has been sitting for straw. nine hours and a half, and that's it. So you're like, oh, but, in one taste, how can you experience that? But, but you see, when they when they talk about this, when they talk about, I'm getting notes of such and such. You actually then you experience that. You see what they they mean, and it's the same with wine tasters as well. If you listen to a wine expert talking about the complexity of a, of 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 a, of a glass of Bordeaux or whatever, um, they, they actually demonstrate to you, they, they expand our imagination um, and our ability to identify these things because we don't know that we can actually distinguish these, these notes and get the, this, these, the, these, these uh, uh, tastes, these uh, subtle, subtle uh, tastes until people give us the language to, to, to do that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I find it uh, very useful and very interesting. I don't have a particularly good palate, so I'm not like these people who can um, identify um, 
identify whiskies or wines or whatever um, with great accuracy often. I mean, quite surprising accuracy. You say this is such and such, and lo and behold, they're right. Um, I can't uh, do that, but I, I do, um, I uh, appreciate um, the, the, the whole ethos surrounding, um, uh, surrounding uh, whiskey, um, because it's, it's a subject of um, extraordinary complexity, such an interesting history. Uh, it's a very romantic subject. I think people who visit Scotland and go on the whiskey trail and visit the distilleries, they're seeing a bit of um, Scottish history. Uh, they, they really are uh, seeing something real because often people uh, visiting a, another country uh, can go to look at the local ruins or the local um, sites that, that, that are recommended without actually really seeing a bit of the works of the country. And I think that's the, the great thing about going to distillery where you see this is an industry you're visiting, but you're visiting an industry with this extraordinary rich past, romantic past, mm -hmm. uh, a, a history which is bound up with uh, um, uh, literature in Scotland. And the stories. Poetry and song, it's all there. So it's a, it's a vital part of the mosaic which makes up Scotland's past and indeed uh, her present. Mm -hmm. And have you ever visited Speyside or the Malt Whiskey Country? Oh, yes. Or I think was your grandfather was from Nairn. Well, well, my, my, my grandfather was was from that part of the part of the world, and indeed, um, yes. If I want to go and find the the grave of my great grandfather, I'll I'll head up to Pembridge. <laughs> Bridge. But uh, that sort of uh, that sort of ter territory. So I'm I'm aware of the fact that. Um, uh, there is in the distant past that, uh, well, not all that distant uh, connection. I mean, my grandfather went down from the north to be a medical student at Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the days when, uh, I don't know whether he took a sack of oatmeal, but students used to do that from the highlands. They take, they take their sack of oatmeal when they, and it lasted them a term. And there used to be a university holiday called Meal Monday, where you went back to replenish the oatmeal from the farm. That was a that was a great, uh, a great thing. That was so, when you're in university every Monday back, back for a meal. Meal <laughs> Monday, yes. Mm -hmm. um, oh, well, that's brilliant. I'd love, to, love to finish on um, with a little whiskey poem, um, if you're, yes. you're willing to do that. But the only other question I have is, it is Book Week Scotland, and people will be getting out and reading books, and maybe even writing a bit. What's your best, and I know, I'm sure you're asked this millions of times, but what's your sort of biggest advice for people who want to start writing or for people that just can't find the time and just need to sit down and write? Well, uh, the advice that I always give is persist. Uh, you have to persist. So, um, and you have to make sure that you do sit down to write because uh, it's absolutely no good waiting for the muse to come and tap you on the shoulder because she won't. And uh, if you wait for inspiration, it won't come. So you actually have to sit down at the at the desk and 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 do it, and uh, set yourself a target each day. Start off modestly, say I'm going to write 500 words today, something of that sort, and and do that and stick to that, and then to have the courage of your convictions, uh, and to write what 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 you want to write, uh, write from the heart rather than write what you think other people are going to write you to write. Um, 
and then, as I say, persist. And once you've finished the first manuscript, start immediately on the second. Because a lot of people get hold of their first their first manuscript, and they spend years uh, working on it, changing it, polishing it, etc. I've spoken to so many people who've who've done that. And they said, "Well, I've got this book, and I've been doing." I'm on my fifth draft or something. And no, not a good idea. Start the second one. The second one will be better. Okay. <laughs> that's my, that's, that's my really advice. helpful. Such <laughs> <laughs> good advice. A whiskey poem. Um, mm. A few years ago, I wrote with um, Charlie McLean, whom I mentioned. We wrote a book called Seven Nights with Mortar, which was written to celebrate uh, the launch of a whiskey which had been put in the cask in 1939. So it was a very, very old whiskey. And we were invited by the distillers uh, to, uh, to write, um, uh, write a book uh, uh, about it. Uh, Charlie did the, the, the expert bit, the tasting notes and the history of the distillery and so on. And I did poems. I wrote a number of poems uh, which were inspired by, by the land the air, the water that produces uh, whiskey. Um, and indeed, one of them um, talks about oak. Uh, oak, of course, plays an important part in the production of, of whiskey. And so this is a very brief poem about oak. We turn to oak for what it gives, as we do with all woods, our staff in every sense, our shady companion provider of all the needs of shelter and containment the carpenter and the cooper expect. There are harder woods and more profuse, the strength of ironwood, the richness of mahogany, the ubiquity of pine, recommend their use for all the tasks we ask of them, yet only oak will do for the casks we construct to keep safe the secondary liquid harvest the sure and primary grain. And that's um, a tribute to oak and the oak casks um, on which we rely to give uh, whiskey its particular flavour during its maturing. Oh, that's gorgeous. Gorgeous. And I'm sure lots of whiskey lovers will be around the world saying, ah, oh, it just captures um, a little bit of what whiskey's about and the storytelling involved, I think. That's kind of the main thing. And that's what I, I love about this partnership is it just, to me, whiskey and storytelling and literature and Scotland are all just sort of one big amalgamation of all of it. So it's, it's really good to Indeed hear. They Indeed they are. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you coming virtually and I hope that one day you'll be able to visit the Malt Whiskey Trail in person. Um, and just, just a heads up for any locals who are watching, um, Alexander's books are available at the bookmark in Granton-on-Spey. So head down, they'll be for sale the whole week of Book Week Scotland and you can pick up a copy and get into kind of the reading bug ways. Um, any final words, Alexander? No, uh, just I suppose, um, I suppose I should say slash. <laughs>